Welcome to Cartridge Command, your weekly retro gaming podcast where we discuss and review the classic and not-so-classic games of the 8- and 16-bit era. I'm Nick. And I'm Eric. And this week's games are Tetris and Dr. Mario. First up, Tetris. Tetris was the pack-in game with the Game Boy and released in North America in July of 1989. It was released in Japan in June, only one month earlier. But those poor PAL territories, they did uh, not get that until September uh, of 1990. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, man. Now, this game was co-developed by Bulletproof Software and Nintendo. And uh, it was made after a very long and confusing rights fight with uh, Microsoft and a couple other parties trying to secure the rights from the USSR Ministry of Software and Hardware Export. Yeah, like the, what's the Electroorg Technica? In a communist nation where intellectual property laws are quite different than ours, uh, it was very tough to license. Yes, and as we all know, the story of Alex uh, Pajitnov. Sure. He, uh, he is the man who created Tetris in his uh, spare time in Soviet Russia. Mm-hmm. And it was a game that was uh, passed around in uh, software circles in Russia and then somehow made it out into the wild. Well, I can't imagine it's very big. Like, you're not smuggling a huge, you know, like, right. you can get it out, right? Uh, and then, you know, I guess there was this bidding war. I mean, there's a lot to read about this. So if you're interested in the sociopolitical and uh, <laughs> geoeconomical struggle of Tetris, <laughs> go for it. Now, uh, Alex Pajitnov says that the Game Boy version is his favorite. Really? Yes. Is that um, is the Game Boy more similar to whatever software maybe they were originally? I'm going to say it's the music, but who knows? Uh, well, it's it's good no matter where you go. I think. Now we're not going to get too deep into the NES Tetris uh, controversy because it was released by both Nintendo and Tengen. Mm, yeah. The entire Tengen saga is. Uh, a whole podcast into itself. Yeah, there's there were a lot of interesting uh, kind of law legal stuff going on between them and you know between Nintendo and its companies and publishers back in the day. Like it's a really interesting it's to check it up. Uh, now, if you do have that black cartridge uh, version of Tetris, the Tangan version, hold on to that because it is a little better and worth a little bit more money. And you can pause the game and see the pieces still. So I remember renting it and being like, "Oh, this is easy now." <laughs> Very interesting. Now, the music for the Game Boy version was uh, created or adapted by uh, Hirokaza Tanaka, and uh, he is known for, well, you may have heard it here, Kid Icarus, mm-hmm. Metroid, Mother, Earthbound. He's quite the uh, list of hits there. Co-designed the Zapper and the Game Boy camera and printer. Oh, okay. What a guy. I think, you know, he did it for the NES as well, correct? Like, mm-hmm. uh, you just, yeah, it's all good stuff, man. I think he was part of uh, R&D Team 1. Mm, right. Would make sense. So, Nick. Yes. Tetris. Tetris. It's a puzzle game. It is. But it's really the puzzle game. Yeah. uh, Were there any kind of, you know, not necessarily blocks, but, you know, stuff falling from the sky in a pattern? You know, like, I feel like it's the the template for almost every puzzle game that came afterwards for a long time. Indeed. I mean, I think there may have been, like, a Minesweeper or something on the computers. (laughs) 
But this to me was, you know, my first experience with what we think of as the puzzle game genre. And it baffled me. I, you know, I, I was a subscriber to Nintendo Power, so I was very aware of it before it came out, and it, it baffled me. I was like, this looks dumb. I don't understand it. Well, you know, if you just looked at it, it would look dumb, because all you do is uh, stack pieces and eliminate lines. So it is a very simple formula. Now, starting the game, you have a couple options. Mm-hmm. You can uh, choose type A or type B. Yeah, and uh, type A is the what I always consider the normal. Classic. Yeah, Tetris. And in this, you stack pieces, which are known as... Uh, tetrads. I thought they were tetrominoes. Uh, you know, I've seen both, and uh, but I I like tetrads better. I like tetrominoes better. So oh, fair enough. Well, let's agree to disagree. Sure. So in this game, the tetrominoes fall from the top of the screen. Yes, towards the bottom. Towards the bottom. Gravity's pulling them, and uh, as you go up levels, they do speed up. But you can rotate those left or right, which is an important. Uh, distinction because many people myself included when I first played this game would would just pick one and just rotate it that direction and when you get to the higher levels you need you only have time for one flip sometimes yes or if you're trying to get into some tricky little areas around or under things you definitely need to be turning the correct way yes yeah so yes you can rotate them either way and then you can also move them left and right on the field and if you press down it drops to the bottom very quickly yeah slam it right down now, every solid line made with your tetrominoes will be cleared or disappear from the board. Yes. And you'll get points for that. Now, every four lines cleared at a time is a Tetris. Yeah, it's the, the namesake. Uh, it gives you the most points per line. Every ten lines you clear, you go up a level. Yeah, and uh, the, it speeds up a little bit. Yes. Incrementally, per level to level. You can also see the next block you'll be getting. Mm-hmm. I think there's a way to toggle that on and off. Uh, yeah, um, I don't know why you wouldn't want it, I guess, unless you're trying to prove yourself, but... Exactly. I need it. Now, at the beginning, you can also, uh, choose your starting level. B mode was actually my favorite mode. Okay. As a kid. And in B mode, you are trying to get the most points out of 25 cleared lines. Okay. So... Is that, okay, so what about the, is that where you have the blocks placed to, at the beginning, right? Well, you, at the beginning, okay. you choose the level you want to be at. And the height that's already filled in of blocks. Right, right. So gives you a little challenge. I always liked it because it's a real quick game. Something you can play in like three to five minutes. Right, as opposed to just seeing how far you can get for X, you know, levels just going up indefinitely. Yes. Now, in both versions, when you reach certain milestones, uh, I'm not a really totally certain. I, I think it could be a combination of points and mm -hmm. level. Mm-hmm. Um, Please let us know if you know, <laughs> but uh, you will trigger a mini cutscene where you'll see a rocket take off. Yeah, various, uh, you know, as you uh, progress, it, you get to see different little, you know, reward animations. Better and bigger rockets. Yeah. Uh, if you beat the 10th level or 9th level of uh, B mode, you get a space shuttle. Okay. But it's the slowest taking off space shuttle of all time. Uh, it's worth the wait, man. It is totally worth the wait. This game can also be played two-player oh, right? Yeah. with the link cable, which was included with the Game Boy. Yeah, and I, I played it a lot back in the day, but we never had the link cable, so I didn't get to really experience a lot of two-player uh Well, Tetris I had action. the link cable, and nice. then eventually the four-player multi-tap or whatever it was. Oh, hot dog. Um, 
I think I used both of those devices twice, maybe three times. Oh, okay. So even though I had them, I never really got a lot of multiplayer out of this game. There wasn't a great selection to begin with of games, that is. Uh, F1 Racer. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's where you got that multi-tap. Yeah, I remember. I never played it. Uh, my dad was into racing games, so I convinced him to get it for me. Yeah. At not a birthday or Christmas. Oh, nice. Okay. You couldn't argue. Now, when you are playing two players, uh, you are in a versus mode, and if you clear a line, that mm-hmm. line is then added to the bottom of your opponent's screen. It just stacks it right up. Uh, I don't know if it's the exact same line, but it's it's a hindrance of, of blocks that come up from the bottom. Gotcha. One thing we forgot to mention that's really important is that in both modes, you get to choose what kind of music you listen to. It's nice. You get a little option there. You have uh, three choices mm-hmm. of music, and uh, they are labeled, what, A, B, and C? I believe so, yeah. So B is a uh, brand new composition by Mr. Tanaka, mm-hmm. and A is the Russian folk song. Oh, geez. You got this one? What is it? The Volgo? Korobaniki? Oh, Korob- Kurobaniki, something like that? That is it. Okay, I'll take it. Kurobaniki. Yes, thank you. Jeez. And, uh, you know, it was slightly changed and modified. Okay. Then the Type C song is French Suite Number 3 in B minor. BWV Minois transposed to F sharp minor by Johann Sebastian Bach. Oh, nice. Okay. I'm sure I messed one of those things up. I'm not good with music or reading music, so I'm sorry if I mispronounced or screwed any of that up. Me no no music. But I did not realize that that was a uh, a Bach piece. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't know. I mean, at least on the NES one, they have the Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairies from the Nutcracker Suite. Tchaikovsky. Yes, yeah. I knew that one. I know that one. <laughs> Thanks to cartoons. Yeah. One other thing to note is if you do want a bit more of a challenge, mm-hmm. there is a harder mode. That a lot of people I don't think know about. Uh, oh, really? It seems like you don't know about it I, either. I w- I've never had the cojones. <laughs> well, if you push down and start at the title screen, then you will enter what is known as heart mode. And there oh, will okay. be a little heart next to your level. On the Game Boy, right? Yes. Okay. And basically that makes each level speed act as if it was 10 levels higher. Whoa, okay. So if you put in 9, you're at 19. Wow. <laughs> it's a way to rock it off, you know, real quick. So, um, do you get more points per line or? You know, I don't know. I'm just curious, like, cause I always wondered, is there, a, you know, other than just time, I guess, like, is there a real like incentive to start at a higher level? Uh, you know, just... I mean, I don't think so. I mean, for me, it was just, you know, I don't want to play the slow, boring beginning. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. But I didn't know if maybe it was like, you know, oh, you're getting more points for Tetris or something or. I mean, I would think you would. I, I, as somebody who rarely paid attention to score with almost any other, you know, in this one, my score was always just how many lines did I get to or what, level, right. you know, like as opposed to the actual score. For me, it was level. I mean, I even played it this week. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, well, I, I did want to talk about that. I went back and I tried to play it on uh, the original Game Boy. Right. And, uh, you know, one thing I realized is that thanks to uh, modern digital devices, I don't have any lamps next to my couch. <laughs> and uh, I think that was a common thing, you know, back when we used to read books and, and that you kind know, of stuff. Well, I, I know definitely when I played, the majority of my Tetris, uh, was it was on the Game Boy, plugged in right next to the light, next to the couch. Yes, and since I don't have that overhead light near there, man, it's really hard to go back to that non-backlit or non-lit in any way screen. Right, right. So, you know, I, I tinkered around with it for a bit, uh, but then I 
fired up the trusty uh, Game Boy Advance SP. Mm. And I think that's really the way to go. If you want to go back and play this game, definitely check it out on the Advance SP. Uh, it's not backlit, but it is a lit screen. Right, so it's at least bright. So it's at least bright. You can see what you're doing. And it is backwards compatible with all of the Game Boy games. So, you know, this game was really universally played. Yes, it's a very... And I mean, not just on the NES or any consoles, it was on any many PCs. It's a small, easy game to put on like any kind of computer. Right. And I don't even mean like, you know, universally played on different systems. I mean, by all people. This was a game that you know, my dad played. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I remember you even saying your mom played this game yeah. a lot. Oh, yeah. I uh, When I first played it, I remember renting it with my friend. And I was very skeptical because I'm like, whatever, this looks so dumb. And then within minutes, we were like, oh, I get it now. Like I'm hooked, man. And I knew I knew instantly when I bring it home that my parents would get a kick out of it too, and they sure did. Yeah, it's very addicting. Uh, once you're done with a, a chunk of it, as most of you know, you want to start right up and see if you can get back past that point. Uh, that's why this game was almost always in my Game Boy travel bag. Oh sure, uh, you know it was later for me when I had access to a Game Boy, but of course this was on it. And while I had played it on the NES previously, that really became the you know, the bulk of my experience with it. Yeah, my um, official issue Game Boy carrying bag had uh, two front pockets that could hold three games each <laughs> for a total of six plus one in the system. Oh, yeah. And one of those was always Tetris because it was a great fallback game. You know, you're tired of the game you're playing, of something else. You can just play this one for a few moments. Like I said, I would like to play a few rounds of uh, B mode and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just blow off a little steam. And it's a game that, you know, doesn't really differ any from the full console version you know you're not really missing out on anything when you're playing it on game boy so it uh you know it retains all everything it's awesome but yeah like i said earlier uh, as a testament to its inclusiveness for a period of at least a month me and my mom had this like ongoing duel between playing you know competing for our high scores you know really lines like i said on the on the game boy you know just back and forth i'd get home from school and then my record would be broken and then I would try to break it before, break hers before she went, before I went to bed and back and forth. So it was really fun and it really shows how it can get, you know, it can get its hooks into anyone. Yeah. I can remember when my son uh, you know, was learning to play games using the Game Boy and whatnot. And he played it, enjoyed it for a bit, mm-hmm. came back to it a few years later and was trying to get into it. I was telling him not to play it on the original. I said, you know, don't worry about it. He always wants to try to play things in their most original format on the right system, which it was very respectable. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I was watching him play, and I went over, you know, checked his score, see how high he got. And his score was, like, pathetic. He had gotten nowhere. (laughs) I really couldn't figure it out because he'd been playing for a bit. Then I started watching him, and he was just destroying one line at a time every time. Oh, yeah. So I, of course, said, hey, watch and learn. Showed him the power of the Tetris, destroying the four at a time. That's how you got to get your points. I mean, there is that strategy because, you know, you want to get the maximum score. Yeah. But so that means you have to wait for Tetrises, which means waiting for the long block. That's the only way to fulfill it. Well, in playing a lot of, um, you know, Mode B, it really gets you into that zone of building that solid block wall mm-hmm. with just that one slot that can even grow eight, 16 <laughs> tall. You know, you are just biding your time waiting for that one four piece to come to you. Well, it's like I uh, remember seeing a guy um, online who, um, you know, had decoded how the you know it distributes all the pieces in tetris where they come in these packets of like a hundred or whatever you know what i'm talking about Mm -hmm. so you know while they are random 
they're random within a certain amount. So you're going to get X numbers of long ones in each packet of 100. So there really is, there's like a perfect way to play that will always get you Tetrises, provided you're fast enough to, you know, keep it going for right. the higher levels. But it's really interesting. Huh. Well, I mean, I think everyone knows of Tetris. It's really permeated every aspect of society. I mean, oh yeah. every time I pack my trunk, I think of that <laughs> Simpsons <laughs> part where Homer looks at it all, the Tetris music begins, and he starts packing away and folding people and things as they need to go in. But I, I, I always <laughs> hum that music to myself. Oh, man, uh, many past uh, jobs when I would be... Uh, Stocking, cleaning, arranging uh, coolers, freezers, you know, uh, stock rooms and stuff. You know, people would catch me humming the music to myself almost subconsciously. Well, we're not doing a full review of this game, but I do have to ask, Nick, should you play this game? I have to say yes. There is no reason not to. It's a big part of history. It's easy. You can jump right in. You don't, I mean, you don't even need to look at the manual. Trust me. Yeah, I agree because, well, I said, how have you not played this game already? I'm, <laughs> I feel like it's on every device ever created. Unless you're living under a tetromino or something. Oh, now I would say, you know, go for the uh, Game Boy SP if you want to play the very original one, but, you know, Pick it up on any system you can. They're all great. Yeah, it's in it everywhere. Next up, Dr. Mario. Oh, man, this loading screen. <laughs> Memories, man. Yes, and played in the background of many, many apartment we have shared. <laughs> now, Dr. Mario was released in North America in October of 1990. In Japan, it was released in July of 1990. And in PAL territories, June of 1991. Ugh. Always a year behind, man. Poor guys. I mean, yeah. I wonder why they don't have as many Nintendo people and, you know, like, yeah. this, like, you have to wait longer for the games. I mean, was that because they were, like, adding French and stuff, or? I don't know. I can't imagine there was a lot of tra uh, translation for Dr. Mario. I can't either. I just don't get it. Now, Dr. Mario was produced by the Big N itself, Nintendo. Yes, sir. Their R&D Team 1. Okay. Those are the guys that made Mario, Zelda, Donkey Kong, Metroid. The list goes on and on. Yeah, yeah. This game was overseen by Gunpei Yokoi, the man. The visionary. Yes, we talked about him briefly before uh, on the Kid Icarus show. Mm -hmm. Now, the music in this game was done by a Harakuza Hip Tanaka. Ah, uh, yes, he's the man. And so, he really brings it here, that's for certain. Yes, we mentioned him briefly in Tetris, but let's talk about him a little bit more right now. Why not? You know, the hip nickname, Hip Tanaka, or Chip Tanaka, is mm -hmm. usually how you saw his name in the credits. Right, right. And, man, this guy was just amazing. Yeah, all over the place. Composed Metroid and the mini games I mentioned before. Mm -hmm. He said that Dr. Mario was where he began to assert his musical personality into the game's music. 
Okay. So he was real into like reggae and dub music. Uh, I okay, I can that comes through, I think. So you do get a little bit of that, you know, offbeat right, right. rhythm and stuff. So yeah. he, he was in a band, the shampoos or something like that. Sweet. All right. Yeah, so he seems like a pretty crazy, cool, fun guy. Hip Tanaka, man. He gets around. Well, Nick, what kind of game would you describe Dr. Mario as? Well, it's a, uh, it's a, a puzzle, puzzle game. game. Yeah, it's... Um, but it's the other kind of puzzle game. Yeah, you're not matching lines. This is a color matching game. This is a match blank. Three, four, whatever. Mm, yeah, yeah. So instead of removing full lines of things, in this case, you are matching four and removing those four. Mm-hmm. Now, at the beginning of this game, you get to choose your virus level, which is how full the board is mm-hmm. of viruses. That's one to 20, right? Yes. Your speed, low, medium, and high. Mm-hmm. So the speed does not increase with each level. Correct. Only the, you know, just get more and more viruses. Yes. And the type of music you want to listen to. Yeah, you've got some classics, Fever, Chill. Fever. And Chill. I love Chill. I was just going to ask, are you a Fever man or a Chill man? But I'm right there with you. Well, this has a... You know, the MC Hammer. You got to pray just to make it today. Oh, why did you just ruin chill for me? What? No, everybody thought that, man. I have never heard that before, but now I'm going to hear it every single time. So in Dr. Mario, there are viruses scattered throughout the play field. Yep, of three different colors. And let's consider those tiles. Yeah. So, yeah, like you said, there are three colors. They are... Uh, Red, blue, and yellow. Yes. And during the game... The Dr. Mario himself will throw pills into the jar that is full of these viruses. Yeah, he's getting down there, man, killing killing some bacterias. And the pills are two tiles. Each part of that tile can be a different color mm-hmm. or the same color. Yeah, yeah. Any of the three aforementioned colors. Yes. So after Mario throws the pill into the jar that is your play field, you can rotate the pills left or right, mm-hmm. rotate them either way you want with the various buttons, and move them left or right on the field, same as Tetris, pushing down, drops them very quickly. Yes. The simple goal is to get four in a row, vertically or horizontally, mm-hmm. of any of the same color tiles. Yeah, and that can be pills or viruses. Exactly. Yes. You know, that's how you eliminate them. You stack three yellow ones on top of a yellow virus, and it uh, disappears, and any remnants to the left or right sticking off will fall down and just land wherever. Yeah, gravity lets them fall. Now, you can get up to six eliminated at once, so you can do four, five, or six, mm, depending yeah. on how you lay things out. Yeah, if you have, like, yeah. And um, you can get doubles or triples or more if you set up chain reactions that will all, you know, that's kind of part of the fun of it, I think. Well, that definitely gets you more points in the single player mode. Yeah, yeah. Now, to advance levels in this game, you have to clear all the viruses from the board. But not any leftover pill pieces. No, just the viruses themselves. At every fifth stage, I think, you're treated to a bizarre little cutscene. Oh, right, yeah. I... <laughs> it's uh, three characters sitting on a tree, and then an object flies by that should not be flying by. Yeah, it's always a weird thing. Like, like, like a book? Yeah, a book, or did you write them down? Or? A rooster. A rooster? And then I did not. There was like a, a, I remember a dinosaur, I, an egg. 
I spent almost all my time playing this two-player, so... Yeah, I... I just know that it is a long list of bizarre, bizarre things that fly by you. Yeah, and you know, it's a mystery. As you mentioned, where this game really shines is in two-player mode. I agree, 100%. Because the thing that really stands out is when you choose two-player mode, right away you're shown each of you has the same options as before, but you can choose them separately. Yeah. So therefore, you can choose a different level or speed than your opponent. Yeah, to help balance it out, if you know, handicap it. Exactly, and it's really nice to have a handicap in a game like this where, you know, skill levels can be so wildly different. I find it's just useful, well, it's beyond useful, it's really necessary to have uh, if I'm going to be playing with anyone in my family. Oh, oh yeah? Did you do some whooping? Well, a little bit. <laughs> I mean, you know, but to win in a two-player match... You can either get rid of all of your viruses first, mm -hmm. or you can eliminate the enemy Yes, by having the viruses fill all the way to the top of the bottleneck. Yeah, and you do that because when you get a double or a triple, the computer plays a little tune and drops these little pill chunks slowly on their screen. Yeah, and then you can also die that way in a single-player campaign uh, by having the pills fill all the way to the top. Oh, yeah, any yeah, anytime. Much like in Tetris, you know, you get to the top of the screen, you, you're dead. But as you said, in two-player mode, you're really uh, fighting each other not just to eliminate yours, but to hurt the other player by dropping pieces onto their screen. Yeah, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of strategy to it in a certain way because you both get the same, you know, assuming you start at the same level. If you don't, then, you know, this will be off, but you get the same viruses. But either way, you get the same pills in the same order. Oh, yeah. So that's where the secret lies, is it becomes this race to try to get as many doubles out earlier before they can get to those pieces. Well, as I told my son, there's only one person I know that can consistently beat me. <laughs> and that man's name is Nick. And he can only beat me consistently half the time. <laughs> How is that consistently? It's not. <laughs> no, really. I mean, you and I, um, did you play this much as a kid? Uh, a little bit. Uh, you know, I liked it enough. I, think I didn't it was own a, it. Yeah, it was a rental for me. Um, you know, I played it a little bit at other people's houses. Yeah, I did. And, and a little bit in high school, you know, just to fart around. But, you know, I would come to it way more than other puzzle games because of the two-player versus mode. Very much so. And then it was really in college where, you know, we really forged our uh, stethoscopes. <laughs> well, there was a bizarre, for whatever reason... Uh, a bunch of people that we knew randomly just were all like, yeah, we were real into Dr. Mario. And I was like, okay, let's do this. Yeah, we exist on the edge of a kind of band scene. And uh, <laughs> a lot of the hipsters in that scene, for some reason or other, thought they were great at Dr. Mario. They were not. No, because there's really two levels you can play this game at. Mm -hmm. The first level is you are just striving to eliminate all of your viruses. Right, right. The second level, the one we play at, is the race. Right. It's from the very first pill that's thrown in, you are fighting the other opponent to get that first series of doubles. Yeah, well, I mean, it really helps to, depending on how high the their screen is and stuff, you know, doubles are chancy because there's no, it's random what pieces fall. Yes. So you don't know, you can help them or, you know, and that's the real test of a, of a true master is using the pills they drop on you to get to, uh, you know, to fight back sooner because they're essentially ammo. Yes, you only get the drop on the other person if you've eliminated two pills at the same time, or two viruses at the same time. Right, right. So you always want to be setting up all of your pills to be a set of doubles. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, you don't want to, yeah, it's not worth it. Otherwise, you know, you have to, or, you know, and to keep in mind that you can really just look at this as a sorting game. Like you, there are only, there are six different colors of pills with three of them are double colors, right? So there's really only two color com or three color combinations of two. So you just need to find a place to stack the, the three double colored combo pieces and you just keep plugging away as fast as you can right and if you don't have a place you just make one you just start a place for them yeah it doesn't matter it doesn't matter because if you're really wanting to win don't even worry about your viruses for the most part yeah i mean sometimes it depends on how uh, high of a level you're playing on yeah if you're starting at like two three some sort of baby level yeah fine get your viruses gone that's what you got to do yeah but if you're you know a real man or woman (laughs) a cartridge commando you're starting yeah. at at least 10. Yeah, and there, you know, the, the viruses are you know, approximately halfway up your screen. And yeah, you so, got plenty of space to start laying some pills and doing some damage. And, you know, a few mistakes early on can cost you the game because a, a skilled Dr. Mario will, you know, seize on that and then, you know, bury your screwed up one. So it's even more like then you have to start digging in from the side maybe or trying yeah. to cancel it from below. So if you don't play on what we call the higher level uh, and you are unfortunate enough to encounter someone that does, I'm just going to say it, it is not fun. No, no. And I mean, I personally specifically would do things and still do where try to tie my doubles out, wait, oh, yeah. wait till their blocks almost hit. And then you know, you hear that little jingle again. It's like, nope, you don't get to play. You don't, you know, if this, you get a good. This, this jingle? That's the one. And, uh. Ugh, it, it makes you so frustrated if somebody can keep stringing these doubles off just in time to where they get this rhythm. Sometimes you'll be sitting there for 30, 40 seconds without getting to do anything while your board's just piling up. And Yeah, that is my personal goal, is to make it so that you just don't even get to play on yeah. the other side. I want to hurt your feelings and crush your spirits. Well, that's only if there's a fiver on the line. <laughs> but like with my son, I uh, had him start playing it early this week. Mm-hmm. He had never played it before. Right, right. He was getting into the groove of it. He thought he knew what he was doing. And then we played some versus mode. Bring down the hammer. Yeah. There is one rule at my house, and that's I never pull my punches when we're playing video games. <laughs> um, you know, that's just the way it is. You have to learn to be good. Well, yeah, you know. And uh, maybe one day, one of my children will beat me at Mario Kart. But to this day, <laughs> it is the one game I am 100% undefeated in. Undefeated. Yes. Uh, that's impressive given the blue shells and other things that well i'm talking about full cups not on the individual race oh, oh right right um yeah uh, you know quick aside there was one day that my son got very very upset after some long mario karting oh. and uh you know you, as a parent you do have to console your children from time to time <laughs> he said i just want to beat you one time and i said buddy i've been playing this game two and a half times as long as you've been alive right <laughs> I've played it in every version for more hours than I care to admit. So once you've put in that level of time, maybe then you'll have the just innate feel of the cart where I do. Yeah, it's, uh... <laughs> and I feel like Dr. Mario is along that same line. You and I have played so much Dr. Mario that I hadn't played it in a, a year or two. Sat down versus mode after a one or two uh, rotations and drops. I just ran the board, took it over. Oh, right, right. So, Nick, Dr. Mario, should you play this game? Yes, you should. Just not with me. Oh! Oh! No, I said, oh yeah, one or two player. They're both really fun, but two player is where it shines. 
Yeah, I you know puzzle games are fun little kind of distractions or you know in a, for me in a way, but it was like for me this really hit home because I was like I can beat someone. So and if you're not just trying to beat someone, the fact that you can handicap it does make this a great game to play with other people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, cartridge commandos, it's time for a new portion of the podcast. Now this isn't something we're going to do every week, just as uh, time allows, and we hear from more of you guys. Welcome to Cartridge Commando Communique. Commando Steven writes, Hey guys, I recently discovered your podcast, and right away I knew I had a winner. Ah, thanks buddy. (laughs) Your show brings back lots of memories, and boy are you guys fun to listen to. The very first home console me and my brothers got came as a Christmas present in the form of the Sega Mega Drive, complete with Sonic the Hedgehog 2 and Mickey Mouse Castle of Illusion. Mm. Obviously Sonic has a fantastic game and one that has already been covered. However, I spent many hours playing and replaying Castle of Illusion and to this day think it is one of the best platformers the Mega Drive has to offer. Well, Nick, I think that's one we might have to put on the list. I think so. Um, I've... I've never played it, but I, I've i heard of it. Uh, I dismissed it because it had Mickey Mouse in it when I was uh, a teen, young uh, young teen. So, well, I think at some point here, you're going to have to make up for your mistakes. I, I would love to. Thanks for pointing that one out, Stephen. Yes, thank you. The next one comes from Cartridge Commando Mr. McGossum. Nick and Eric, I've been listening to your podcast for a while now, and I must say I'm having a blast listening to you guys. Uh, thank you, sir. I really enjoyed last week's review of ActRaiser. I'm a huge fan of religious mythology and loved hearing about the game and the unique play setup. It was a lot of fun to check it out. Like, I didn't realize until looking back how, you know, blatantly they had stolen from Oh yeah, a lot of different stuff. But uh, yeah, and as far as the Serpents and Fire mystery is concerned, the only thing uh, I could think of was the Aztec God, or Aztec Fire God, I'm not she will quaddle, uh <laughs> and now you know why i gave you that letter to read you tricked me but here's the key that wheel looks like a demon's face weird i agree very weird anyways keep up the epic work i will definitely be visiting your patreon for christmas game on uh thank you so much absolutely cartridge commando mr mcgossin you are awesome and on that same act raiser note, I do have a message from Lairware5000. Uh, he says, if no one has told you yet, the name of the Firewheel Cyclops boss is Weniado. It's actually from Japanese mythology. Really? So. I am amazed. At... Case closed. Oh. And that doesn't make sense because, you know, the mini boss for that level was what? The, like, dragonish thing? Oh, right. Yeah. Flying so, around. Yeah. Japanese mythology. Yeah. Fair enough. Thanks again, Lairware. Uh, next one comes from Cartridge Commando Sean. It says, fellas, really enjoying the podcast. I'll admit I've been unfamiliar with a few of the titles of the past few weeks, but I'm listening to the DuckTales episode this morning. I even bought the HD remaster a couple years ago on Xbox Live. That's a, that's a good uh, remaster. I never got to play it, but I was real excited for it. I need to rectify that. It looked gorgeous. All the, the graphics and stuff looked straight out of the cartoon. Am I right? Yeah, with uh, sound work from all the actors, I think, that were still alive. Oh, yeah, that's right, because the same... What's the name of the uh, Scrooge McDuck? Alan Young? Yeah, Alan Young. Yeah. Who passed away last year. Ugh. R.I.P. Anyways, as I said, I love the podcast. I'll be deploying soon, and it'll be nice to have a hear from my friends each week. Sent from my carrier pigeon, Sean. Oh, well, thank you, man. And uh, I think I know you're already out there. You have been deployed, so, you know, safe travels to you, man. Be safe out there. 
And we'd like to say thank you to all of the service members, uh, you know, serving America and, you know, whatever other country you may be serving. We see some uh, downloads from some crazy places all over this planet. And uh, I'm thinking some of those have to be service members because (laughs) I don't know why anyone would listen to this podcast in some of those places. (laughs) No, really, we do appreciate every single one of you guys. All right, I have another one here from Larry Von Larenstein. And he says, uh, to reference why Genghis Khan's crown is in the Himalayas, he's talking about the DuckTales episode. Right. Uh, It's a direct reference to episode 14 of the first season in which Scrooge goes looking for the crown. Oh, okay. And uh, apparently the boss of the African mind stage is the king of the Terra Fermis. Oh, yeah. I thought he was from, they roll, roll around to make earthquakes or something. That's it. Under the money bin. Okay. So thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's that, good to hear. All right. We have one from uh, Cartridge Commando Wes here. It says, yo, love the podcast. Please do a special. Once a week ain't enough. I want to hear your takes on some epic stuff like Secret of Mana. Even if it's a multi-part episode, it's going to be killer. Give us some more laughs. Wes. Well, it's good to hear, Wes. Uh, thanks a lot uh, for the email. And we're kind of toying with ideas of doing longer games and uh, ones that are just too big to do in one episode. Yeah, if you guys are willing to listen to a two-parter, please let us know. There's certain games that I want to talk about, like Zelda, and I can talk about that game for a very long time. Yeah, it, um, we don't want to miss anything. Like, that's kind of our, our deal is getting in, you know, getting down and dirty with it. So uh, if you guys are down to hear two parts or maybe more for certain games, let us know. And uh, we know there is a world of RPGs out there that we would love to cover for you, but we just don't have the time in the format we have here. We have uh, discussed that if this Patreon somehow blows up, <laughs> we might do a second podcast uh, that would just be a shorter RPG podcast, multi-parts playing through one game at a time, but who knows, that's a little pie in the sky for right now. Well, that's it for our first edition of the uh, Cartridge Commando Communique. Thanks for listening to those letters, and please send in more. We love hearing from all you Cartridge Commandos across this globe. Next week's game will be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time, for the Super Nintendo. So, grab a controller, find yourself a copy, and play this game any way you can, Commandos. And remember, folks, if there's anything big we missed or things we got wrong, kindly let us know at cartridgecommand at gmail.com, and we might address it in the future. Thank you so much for listening. Please check us out on Twitter at cartcommand. You can follow us on Facebook at at Cartridge Command. Subscribe to the show on iTunes or Stitcher or any of your favorite podcast apps. Feel free to give to us on Patreon. Your support makes this show possible. And, as always, Cartridge Commandos, Game On! I've probably been way too in the zone. Yeah, oh, fair enough, yeah.